Righto, you legends, before we rip into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd firstly like to thank our major sponsor, Country Tracker Caps, for the continued support of the podcast. You will find their merchandise at thecountrycompanies.com or if you'd like to design your own cap, head to countrytruckercaps.com. Knuckles has fired up a discount code for the pallbearers. Type in Deadass at the checkout to receive your discount. That is D-E-A-D-A-S-S. Welcome to the Dead Ass Podcast. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dead Ass Podcast. I'm your host, Brizey, where we capture stories and share eulogies. And today we have a guest with us, Mr. Joel Rayner. How are you, sir? Good, mate. And yourself? Thanks yeah. for having us. Oh, no, you're welcome, brother. I appreciate it. Look, a, a mutual friend of ours, Troy. Um, Gave me a recommendation to, to reach out to you and to share some of your story, mate, because it is a very interesting story. I, I, well, I think personally it is, mate. <laughs> and um, it's one of those ones where um, uh, I think it's like a bit of a forefront of what for this region and some of the things that you've been involved in, especially with motocross and FMX and all that sort of stuff. So man, I'm very intrigued to hear some of that stuff. As you're aware from some of the episodes previous that you might have heard that we like to capture people's stories and essentially um, capture those for people that maybe one day that want to hear it. You know, they can hear it from your point of view as as a, as opposed to hearing it from a third party's point of view. Absolutely, mate. And um, yeah, pretty stoked to be here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think everyone on your show says it's weird to talk about themselves, and it's yeah. definitely no different here. But um, yeah, of yeah, course. With my- Deep dive some stuff, mate. Yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate it. Firstly, I just want to uh, wish you a happy birthday. (laughs) Cheers for that, mate. Thank you. (laughs) You did say that today was going to – why not do something different for your birthday? So Remember it at least, eh? Yeah, that's it. And what a way to do it. So I thought that was pretty cool just to make a mention of that. Mate, so pretty much like – I mean, let's let's go back to – to you know sort of how you grew up and where you grew up and all the bits and pieces and then we'll just go through there and and get to the point where some of those topics that are you know that we just 100 percent discussed so yeah so please please fill us in yeah so absolutely so i guess in the context of where we're going to go with this with freestyle motocross etc um grew up on a cattle property yep. just outside of town here mornish the area is called yep so um yeah grew up there um and i guess growing up on a cattle property you're I've always say you're going to get into one of three things, right? It's either going to be dirt bikes, horses, or guns. And for me, I don't know, uh, dirt bikes was pretty cool. Like yeah. um, always, I guess I never really fell hard until later, so I think about 14 or so, but yeah, the sure. whole time was always riding quads and farm bikes when you're mustering cattle and doing all that yeah. sort of thing around the farm sort of thing. So, yeah, it was pretty good, you know. Um, yeah, prob- like I said, probably about 14 is when it really started to kick really in for me. Off. Yeah, and I just... I fell in love with it, and it's about the same time as the um, everyone knows the crusty movies came out and all that sort yes, of thing. Yes, definitely, yeah. And they, those things played an impact on a lot of people's lives. Like they, they what got me into motor, motocross. Like I mean, from when I say motocross, like mine was like a, a paddock basher, like <laughs> cut, yeah, cut, <laughs> cut my own trails and 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 having thinking I was Brian Deegan or something. You know? Hundred <laughs> percent, but, but it was, but that was, you know, it was iconic. Absolutely, yeah. and um. That for me is when it really kicked off. I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty cool," you know. Mm. Like, and so uh, I'd just be riding like the old boys' farm bike and stuff like that, the old yeah. AG. And the property, the neighbor uh, next door property over, my cousin lived over there, and um, he was sort of you know a couple of years younger than me, but into it as well. And it's like, so all right, we'd go on the old farm bikes and we'd take a shovel and we'd find you know something that looked good on a dam wall or a washout, and we'd be trying to jump them. And that's cool, you know, like. Yeah, trying to do what the crusties are doing. Like this is awesome, man. <laughs> trying to you know find jumps on these bikes and yeah. So that was that was really cool. And um, I think at the time the old boy was starting to get a bit sick of me wrecking his farm bike sort of yeah. thing. And we had two old dungers that were they didn't run anymore, but they were the same bike that he had bought years and years oh, ago. Okay, yeah, sure. And he said to me, he's like, Joel, you can you can have them, but you got to get them going. So I'm like, well, you you beauty, this yeah, is yeah, that's cool. Thing. So. So they were both there in the old tip we had down there, drag them out and get them, trying to get them going. And that was a really cool moment between me and him. He was helping me like build them and stuff like that, trying oh, to get them going. That's so, cool. So yeah. yeah, it was cool. Um, you yeah. know, they were nothing special, the old CT125 bloody 
a little bit bigger than a postie box sort of thing, nothing <laughs> special. But just I remember that time with him just, um, yeah, it was, it was cool, like learning yeah. to build a bike and engines and what that's all about. Sort of I thing. think that's really important for a boy to learn as they grow up and get a little bit of a mechanically minded thing. I think it's cool. Like I, you know, I love that sort of stuff myself personally. And I cherish some times there that with I had with my old man, like, you know, fixing a couple of little bits and pieces on some of the old cars that we had, you know, and the motorbikes and stuff, especially the idea that you could, uh, that you potentially could spend a bit of time with the old man and get that bike running and then have that sense of accomplishment. Like, yeah, I did that. And, yeah, it was and, cool. Yeah, that's so bad. We did our best to get them going and they never quite went well. I think they were a bit beyond their time sort of thing. Yeah, but sure. I think um, they could see straight away, like, I was – Pretty serious with this. I was passionate. Keen. Like, I'm, I'm keen. I'm all in, sort of thing. And then so I, they're like, yeah, you can, you know, get a bike, work and work on the property, and save money, save money, and saved up a heap of money and bought, oh, saved up like nine hundred bucks. That was heaps yeah. for me, like yeah, fourteen years old or whatever it was. Yeah, and of was like, went and bought this old dunger from you. would read the trading post and stuff back then, and yep. then yep. it was no better. I blew that thing up straight away. And I was like, <laughs> So back again to the drawing board, trying to save up money and get another one, and then it turned out to be a snot box as well. Did it like, really? Oh. Uh, so it's beat me head against the wall a bit, but my parents could obviously see, oh, yeah, you know, he, that you were king. Yeah, he, he's not do. mucking around like he yeah. really wants to do this. And I'm remember I was uh, in at worst Rockhampton sort of thing. We'll go further into worst. They were a big part of my story as well. Yeah, but cool. I used to good. board up at the grammar there. And every day after school, I'd go down, I'd be sweeping the floors for Sue and stuff like that because oh, I just cool. wanted to be around the bikes. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And I said, what's the best bike you got in here that's the cheapest? And this was 99 by then, I think, and there was a 93 CR125. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's cool. like three grand sort of thing. Oh, that thing's mint. And I told me <laughs> old about it. It's like really good. I'll, I'll work my ass off sort of thing. And <laughs> Anyway, they didn't say much. They kept their cards pretty close to their chest. And anyway, yep. that went back to school for the week. And then my older stepbrother was picking me up and um, – I'm going, oh, mum and Jeff said anything about that CR yet? I go, yeah, mate, we're going to go pick it up now. Like, oh, no. Happiest day of my life, oh. mate. Oh, it was mint, man. Look, call me Christmas has come at once. Yeah, oh, this was awesome. So That would have been sick. So, yeah, at the same time, um, my cousin on, from the neighbouring property, he had a YZ125, like 94 Sweet. model, I think his was. So we're, that was it, mate. We were on. We had motocross bikes now and we were out <laughs> building jumps and this was only like the first Krusty 1 and Krusty 2 were out at this stage. Yep. This was early on sort of thing. Yeah, so. yeah. We're like building jumps and thinking we're the shit, man. We're doing all these big jumps and no handers and stuff. Like, yeah, man, we thought we were pretty cool. And he's like, we should go racing. Yeah, and okay. I didn't really know anything about motocross racing then sort of thing. Yeah. The little bit I had known, I'd seen in like the crusty videos. And it's like, yeah. And the snippets they saw is like full on AMA Supercross. I'm like, I don't know if we're good enough for that, bro. Like that's <laughs> that looks pretty gnarly. Like, I was like, all right, if you're doing it, I'll do it. We'll go and do it. And then so we went to the Six Mile, the Rocky Track and stuff like that, signed up to the club yep. and did all that sort of thing and said, oh, yeah, okay, it's not all that bad sort of thing. But yeah. it was um, it was a big eye-opener coming to motocross racing sort of thing and yeah. um, seeing kids have been doing it since they were on bloody 50s and everything like that and just so fast. You'll think you're shredding it out on the property. Man, I remember my first ever race. I got – and John O'Porter was in it. Oh, true, John O'Porter, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I got lapped twice in a five-lap race and was like, really, reality check that one. Yeah. Like, oh, right, <laughs> we've got a bit of work to do here if we want to do some racing. But yeah. just kept working, just loved it, you know what I mean? And I loved the riding and yep. the jumping more than the racing, so to speak. The racing was just a way to do that, I suppose. To do, and, yeah. yeah. So yeah. loved doing it and we got – me and my cousin, we got better built better jumps at home and learnt better tricks and all this sort of thing and – I remember we'd be racing and I'd be coming last or nearly last or something like that. But there's a pretty big double there. And I'd be doing the double and I'd be doing like heel clickers and stuff, like <laughs> and stuff which was big at the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's sick, but in the middle of a race and you're, yeah, yeah. you're doing tricks. Oh, that's all I care. It's like, oh, I can't wait till I get to that jump again mm. and do another trick. And by the last race of the day, there's utes lined up there with people drinking beers and cheering you on every lap sort of thing. <laughs> and like, oh, this is sick. More people are here watching me doing tricks <laughs> off this jump than yeah. the racing sort of thing. And so that was cool. I got in a little bit of trouble. Um, Julie Newsom was a steward at the time. We laugh about it now. So yeah, like, of course, I was, yeah. I was a punk 15, 16-year-old kid. As like, we all were. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. and she's like, you can't do tricks. I'll kick you off the track sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, stick your race. <laughs> but we laugh about it now. Julie's done so much for the sport up here. It's amazing. Yeah, of so, course, definitely. And for her to still be involved at the level she's at is, is yeah, it's awesome. So I guess that's where it all kicked off, mate. Just um, yeah, just that whole sort of yeah involvement with that, the crusty thing, doing Absolutely. stuff at the at the property, and then getting a bit and getting a little taste for some, uh, putting on a little bit of a show, I guess. A like little bit, mate. Yeah, yeah it's sort of yeah. Once you 
you know, the first race is no one there, and by the end of the race there's like six or seven Utes yeah. parked up with everyone. Just, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so where did where did it go from there? So I mean, like, where do you go from that point? Because like, there wasn't anything around in CQ or Rocky at that point in time where you could do that. So you guys, are, I'm guessing you would have to sort of either go, go away or you started making your own thing. Funny that, yeah. So it's right about that time I finished school and, um, you know, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So yeah. I, I certainly didn't know then sort of thing. And um, my mum was like, oh, you didn't do really well enough for uni or anything. You yeah. don't really want to trade and you don't want to keep working on the farm. Yeah. What are you going to do? And I'd done cadets in school and stuff like that. And she's like, well, why don't you join the army? And like, True. Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds good enough. And yeah. I she brought home a brochure and you could do tanks or riflemen or – yeah. Then truck driver, and you drive everything from a motorbike all the way through uh, to semi trailer. Like boom, sign me yeah. up. Transport so, in the army. That's so it's it. in your blood. It was yeah. literally in your blood. As soon as you could find something to do that was re- remotely related to motorcycles. Well, that <laughs> was transport. that was my thinking, and then yeah. the whole time I was in, I never got me ticket for the army bikes. So oh, like, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, back to your original point. It was where do I go from there? Well, I end up joining the army and mm. moving away, and did all my training. Ended up up at Darwin of all places. Oh wow, yeah. Then, which, okay. If there's any place further away from was a growing FMX scene than Rocky is probably Darwin. Darwin. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but um, it actually worked out really well. And up there I met two of my closest friends of these day, this day, yeah, like okay. um, cool. Ryan Apps and Joe Shepard. Um, without them, yeah, it, it was like the three of us doing it. And I remember going there, Joe Shepard was like the local legend, man. He was, yeah. we were all the same age, but he was like winning Nash, uh, Northern Territory state titles racing and stuff wow. like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. One of the boys up there... Um, but he was kind of the same as me. He just wanted to jump and do tricks and yeah. stuff like that. And like I said, it was still brand new, you know what I mean? X Games had only had freestyle motocross the first time that year sort of thing. What year did. roughly? What sort of era are we sort of talking So this around? is about 99, 2000. Yeah, okay, 2000 cool. when I went up there and yeah, then 2001. Sure. So yeah. <clears throat> it was – so we would just go to the track and the track at Darwin was always open. Yeah. And um, – the Darwin committee was a little bit loose on the rules, which was cool. That so makes it better. That does. So they had bigger jumps and you're allowed in places and they had triples and stuff yeah. that you weren't supposed to have according to the rules. So, mm. But that was really cool for us, you know what I mean? So, yeah, of course it was. So <coughs> Darwin Darwin seems to be a bit more loose on a lot, on everything, mate. <laughs> I've said it to lots of people. Um, if Darwin was in the East Coast, I'd, I'd live there in a heartbeat. Me too. The worst yeah. thing about Darwin is it's so far away from everything yep. else, but – that's its beauty as well. If it wasn't, and it wouldn't be Darwin. It wouldn't make, be what it is, yeah. Exactly That makes right. perfect sense, yeah. But, so. yeah, so same again. We were just riding and doing tricks and racing and doing that yeah. sort of thing. And we were – was at that point, um, you know, the videos were getting more gnarly and the tricks were getting cooler and then yeah. little comps were starting to pop up and stuff like that. And yeah. we were like, oh, you know, we need a ramp. Ramp seems to be the cool thing these days. Everybody's yeah. got a ramp. Like, yeah, so of course. Yeah. Before this, ramp didn't exist sort of mm-hmm. thing, so – and no one knows how to make a ramp. There's no, there's no Facebooks or anything back then. There's well, no, that's true too. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So, yeah. like the tricks we learned at the time, we'd just watch it like a crusty video and yeah. go, "All right, we're gonna go trigger, figure out how to do that trick." There's no one to teach you or anything. You just no, gotta, that's true too. You just gotta figure it out, <laughs> <laughs> which has its bumps and bruises along the way. But <laughs> it makes sense. But it's the same with building a ramp. And uh, one of the young fellows, his dad was a boilermaker by trade, and oh, okay. he um, built a ramp for us and took it out to the motocross track and we put it where we looked about right in a big pile of dirt and we started jumping this ramp. Yeah, that's sick. This is cool. And then it just kept progressing from there, progressing from there. And, yeah, the tricks got bigger and crashes got bigger. But we are having a good time, you know what I mean? And then Yeah, of course. The Darwin club was really cool because it's up in Darwin with racing because it's so hot up there. All their racing's done at nighttime sort of thing. Well, they'll start oh, well, the, makes sense. They'll yeah. start in the afternoon and get a couple of the kids through yeah. and stuff like that, but then they'll have the racing at night and they pull in a big crowd and it's yeah. a whole thing, so it's really yeah. cool. And they were letting us do a freestyle show in the middle of the racing oh, stuff like that. Oh, that's that we had cool. There. So, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, progressed from there. Then it really, really went big for us up there when um, Joe had a mate who was like a foreman at a quarry across from the army base. Anyway, yeah. so... Earth moving machinery and dirt for days. Yeah, you like, can. Oh, all right. Yeah, you can really it, play. <laughs> it, it was, and he was amazing. Jimmy's name. He, yeah, he looked after us so good. Did he really? It, yeah, it was cool. So he built us his stuff, and we had our one ramp, and we we're practicing. And then, so back in the day, the big thing for everyone to see what you're doing or what's when the internet was kicking off was forums. I don't know if you remember forums. I at do. All. Yeah, yeah, forums. Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing, and it was called fmxaustralia.com. And everyone would be putting their pictures up and stuff like That's that. That's sick. And, and it was cool. And anyway. Came out there was going to be this. This was two thousand and three by now, so I think it was going to yep. be this big comp. I was like, oh, 
I know this big pro-am comp is going and they're going to get everyone in Australia together. It's going to be the best thing since sliced bread, which things never turn out that way. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it seemed pretty cool. Someone like, trying to be initiative, like be innovative, try to get something going. You can give them, at least give them a applause for having a crack at oh, it. Oh, 100%. I guess, uh, yeah. The comp ended up being a complete failure. But <laughs> did what, it? What, oh, no. what it did do is bring everybody together. Oh, sick. So that was cool. But where the comp was, was down in Melbourne. Uh, We're in Darwin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, bit of a track, but we made it happen. So I'd bought a van that year, a Kia van, and the wombat we called it because it looked like a wombat. But anyway, <laughs> nothing flash like you see sprinters or anything now is like a glorified, not even a glorified hire, so cheap ass hire, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah. And me and Joe were committed. We were like, we're, we're going to go get do this comp. And Apsy had already moved down south by this stage. He was uh, living okay. in Sydney, so yeah. Me and Joe, yep, we're going to do it. And another mate of ours like, yeah, I'm coming for the road trip. This will be sick. So yeah. we loaded up this van with two dirt bikes, all our gear. Our mate Jim from the um, quarry, he'd loaded us up with all these jerrys of fuel and stuff like that. And we'd all crammed in this little van, the three of us, two bikes, all this gear and <laughs> bloody. And there's something like a just think of a heist. That's all it was. And we we're like, all right, we're hitting the road. And we just hit the road. And we didn't stop, mate. 30 hours straight through to wow. Adelaide from Darwin. We didn't Holy stop. Holy <laughs> smokes. That would have been a trip and a half. It was, yeah, it was pretty wild. We'd, we had this little rotating system. We'd have like, you'd drive for 300Ks, like roughly yep. three hours. And then you'd get to go lay in the back. We had like a swag jammed in underneath oh, the bikes. Yeah. Yep. And the bloke in the swag would get to go to the passenger seat and he'd try and get some more sleep. Hey, that's a cool and idea. And then we just kept rotating. Yeah, and, yeah. and if it wasn't for fuel, we weren't stopping. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, unreal. That's a cool way to do it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was an adventure sort of thing. Yeah, like, of yeah, drive down the guts of Australia. And um, was yeah. that, how was that experience? Did you enjoy that? Like, yeah, going through definitely. that part? Like, that would have been pretty gnarly seeing that. Not much to see, to be honest. No, with. really? It's just all dead. <laughs> just roads yeah, and shit. Yeah, see the highway end in the horizon. Yeah, maybe. that's a good point. Yeah, really good point, actually. But no, it's good to say you've done it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, especially if you're on a mission too. Like the last oh. thing we've been doing is touristy stuff. You've been like... Yeah, no, nah, we, we were on a mission 100%. Yeah. So we got to Adelaide and they had a, like, what you'd call a ride park these days. Sort of oh, thing. yeah. Okay. And they had some ramps there sort of thing, which was flash for the time. So we stayed there for a day, excuse me, riding there. And that was really cool. And then from there, it was like, okay, the comp itself was just outside of Melbourne. I think Bacchus Marsh, part, some, something like a suburb, that. yeah. Yeah. But we didn't really know where we were going. And there's no, you can't just put on your phone, Google Maps or something. None of that was didn't available exist, then. Yeah, of course. So we've got the Refidexes out, oh, mate. And we're of course. And of course, we hadn't organized where to stay or anything like yeah. that. So we're like, oh, we hit up a friend from the forums, like, yeah, you can crash it out. And there's place. no just a quick booking.com. No, no, there's nothing. <laughs> you got to start ringing, looking through, trying to find a motel. No, so we end up driving into Melbourne that first night. We just parked somewhere in Melbourne. The more I think of it as now, it's like how we didn't get mugged or something that night, just parked in the streets in the inner city of Melbourne somewhere. <laughs> sleeping in this van yeah. Yeah. and then um yeah we went and stayed at a friend's house and again we had to find this place off the refidexes and where they were yep. staying and everything yeah. like that but anyway the comp ended up being really cool like um i think it was really good for the fmx scene in australia yep. because before yep. that there hadn't really been a great deal sort of thing like there'd been the planet x games and stuff like that which was cool that's when carrie hart come over and stuff ah uh, sure yeah really opened the eyes to the australian was he thing. doing that backflip attack nah. by then it was still wasn't oh, it wasn't he had done it in america he'd done it in america but, but he famously wore the shirt that said no flip on his when he was riding here in australia so yeah. it was it was a really big deal he and yeah he'd only done that one attempt where he crashed doing it which, yeah that's right yeah so no it, and that it was there was controversy in that too yeah, there yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah he did it he did. <laughs> yeah no it's fair enough yeah no well, <laughs> What was the closest thing to that before that? There Nothing. Yeah. Didn't even know right. it was possible. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, we went to that and there was just eye-opening seeing everybody and there was guys there, like the pros at the time, we're talking like John O'Porter and Luke Urich and Dane Kennard and they were the pros sort of things. Like, yeah. Oh, cool, they're here riding. This is sick. And then we were practicing and stuff like that and then there's this kid on a RM250 and I'm like, this guy is absolutely shredding. Who the hell is that? Like, he's going to dominate pros. Yeah. Nah, mate, he's an amateur. Like, Really? We've got a ride against this guy. <laughs> it was Robbie Madison. Bullshit, was it really? So his first wow. ever comp as well, sort of thing. So. Wow, that's cool. And he was, nobody knew who he was. Like the guys in the new, no, knew he used to race 80s for Honda Australia back yeah. in the day, but he'd been off the scene doing his trade, I think, or whatever, but came True. back when FMX came back. And yeah, that was his first comp as well. So really? That was the level we were at. So that's cool. We we weren't riding at that level, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, but it's just cool to be a part of it. Well, 100%. Of it. That's, and that whole comp, so the top five that end up in that comp in the amateurs. So this is amateurs, remember. First yeah. place was Robbie Madison. Second place was Cam Sinclair. <laughs> third place was Robbie Adelberg. And fourth place, Matt McFerrin. And then oh, my buddy Joe Shepard ended up to pull a fifth. So True. yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, oh, wow. That's mad. So it was a really, 
we always laugh about it. O three, the class of O three is like all these gnarly dudes coming through yeah. at once. And it's sort of as the sport was blowing up as well, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. But um, so we come home from Darwin and was like, because a little rant we had was nothing. Nothing. Was, yeah, yeah. We, like, I don't know, we need a proper Aussie comp rant. Now we've ridden them. Now we know what it's like. We need to set it up. We got Jim on the bloody loaders building everything like this and we got the proper ramp built and everything. And yeah. That's when it really kicked off from there. And we, that was it. We, it was go time and more comps were coming up. And I moved to Sydney um, that next year sort of thing and Apsy was down there. And yeah. we were just hitting the comps sort of thing. And it was pretty cool. I remember like um, – 2004, I think it was. So we we're hitting the comps for what they were. There's only a handful of comps, sort of thing. Yeah. We were hitting them, and then Freerider magazine at the time. Freerider, yeah, I remember Freerider, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So that was like our bible, sort of thing. Every yeah, of course <laughs> it would have been. Yeah, yeah that's you? the only time anything came out. And I remember 2004 was a little sense of achievement. I got ranked in the top ten um, amateurs for 2004. Yep. Got seventh or eighth, something like that. Oh I wow! Know. I just remember that's getting cool. a phone call from Freerider, and they wanted to ask you all these questions. Like, True, this is sick. That's <laughs> mad. Yeah, yeah. so. That was cool and, yeah, we were just hitting that scene like um, I was still working in the army, obviously. They didn't really like it when you crashed and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sort yeah. of had to, yeah, oh, I was, I was fetching a cricket ball off the roof or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, yeah, so we just kept progressing with that and it wasn't um, – we kept working at it sort of thing. And 2007 was probably the next big milestone I'd stay for me and that yep. was um, – it always stayed in touch with worse. Like I said, we'd come back to there eventually and yeah. – um, she had always sort of helped us here and there and was really helpful and then saw where I was going with it, she did, and she picked up the Yamaha dealership at the time. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, sure. So that was really cool and we worked out a deal and it's like, yep, I'll put you on a shop bike. So that essentially means she'll own the bike, it'll be yep. in her name and everything, yep. but she'll give it to me to yeah. ride for the year, I give it back. Yep. And then, yeah, so there's a lot of trust on her end. To, yeah, to of course, definitely, yeah, and then trusting you to not break it. <laughs> 100%, yeah, absolutely, you know, send this kid back to Sydney on this yeah. wow. wise yeah, 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 so of course. I remember that being like one of the coolest moments. I remember going, in, oh, you know, driven up to Rocky to pick up, see my parents obviously and yeah. friends and see Troy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and of course. She's, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm here to pick up the bike. She's like, oh, and they had where Repco is there now, that was where their bloody... Yep. All their, sec- all their storage area was. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, cool. So she's like, yeah, it's in there. Just go pick out which one you want. Oh, went in oh there and there's mate, you would have been like a kid in a candy store, eh? Five YZ250s just <sighs> sitting there like, oh, I guess that it. one. It was... Oh, was that, would have, that would have been iconic for you at the time. I would was, have been mate, sitting there going, oh, yeah. wow. It was, it was amazing. Like, he's like, this, I'm, you know, I'm doing all right, but I'm not that good. Like, <laughs> in my mind, anyway. Oh, well, like, yeah. Oh, that would have been a highlight for me, man. That's some big dick energy, I call that one. <laughs> like, I would have been, like, all over that. Yeah. It felt cool, but um, also that year um, was a bad one injury-wise. Uh, oh, true. So that sucked. I'd done my shoulder really bad. Um, yeah, torn rotator cuff, broken, and dislocated. Still got two screws in there now. True but shit. Sort of funny story with that. You sort of you learn from your crashes, right? Well, yeah. You'd have to. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. I'd crashed a few years before that and dislocated this shoulder. And I crashed and picked myself up and undoing my helmet. And it wasn't until then that I realized that's not pivoting from the right spot. Yep. Laid down and my arm stuck up in a stupid position. Like, oh. oh, no good. And that's where it was stuck. And then, so when I did this one, I remember crashing and going, like crashing, crashing. Like, oh, we're good. We're good. No, no, there goes your shoulder, you're stuffed. And by the time you finished crashing, I picked myself up and my arms wrapped behind me back. I'm like, oh. we're not doing this again. I've learned you've got maybe. A good couple of seconds there while the adrenaline's still going that you can the, pain yeah. won't set in. Yeah, that's I'll right. Grab my arm, picked it up around and put it in front of me in a nice <laughs> position. It's like, ah, oh, right, we're good to go now. But <laughs> that was a yeah, that was that was horrible having to bloody get back to the hospital bouncing around in a van but hanging out of you. Oh, that would have been gnarly. So yeah, that sucked and that sort of um you know, especially after just getting the bike and stuff like that. So is what it is. And my mate Joe, he'd come down to Sydney, was living with us and stuff, and he was needing a new bike. I'm like, oh, this one's sitting in the shed. It's more use under your bum. You ride yeah, this thing of course, for, yeah. for me sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And it was at that same time that um, a lot of the comps we were doing, mate, were they were not good. Yeah, sure. They were uh, poorly run at the time. Yeah. Uh, safety really wasn't an emphasis yeah. for them at all. They were just there to get a quick buck. Is Is it because – that's what I was going to mm. say. Was it just finance motivated or was it because <laughs> they just didn't really know what they're doing? Nothing had, really, mm. nothing had ever been done prior to it or I, I well, think, what do you think? I think by this stage, so we're talking 04, 05. Oh, so it had been, been in for a little while. Yeah, been in for couple, It had been in for there was a, a fair sta- amount of years. So. There was a standard of what's safe and what's not yeah, safe okay, sort of thing. And sure. These guys didn't seem to care like – to build a really safe 
freestyle setup, it takes a lot of dirt, like a lot of dirt to, just for the down ramp. You know what I yep. mean? You're going that high and there's, there's an old saying in freestyle is like there's no such thing as a down ramp that's too big. Just build it yes. big. The more dirt you've got, the more landing pad you've got, everything. That makes us. perfect sense, yeah. And we were riding these, comp- uh, these comps and there's just tiny little down ramps and they weren't built right and everything. And yeah, I was injured at the time and I'm like, man, we travel around and like at the time we were riding all mates' houses and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I was living in Sydney but – we never spent any weekends in Sydney. We were driving down to Tamora or Coryong yeah, sure. or Coomer or places up to Newcastle. And everyone had sick compounds in their backyard that they'd built themselves yeah. sort of thing. So I'm like, why don't we do our own comps? We, that, we could just do our own on that's all, a these, cool idea. all these cool setups. You know, yeah, Instead of driving you. to the Gold Coast all the time to ride these sketchy comps, which other than the comps was a good time. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah, no. We're like, oh, maybe we could do this sort of thing. And so we decided, all right, we'll make a four-round series. And we'll do it in our own backyard sort of thing yep. and just see if we can do it. 50 bucks entry sort of thing and yep. only invite people we know that aren't dickheads sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a little bit of support from UNIT at the time. and Oh, UNIT, that's right. Yeah. yeah. We had um, good photographers. That's what we really did have, good photographers and good videographers on board. I was going to – well, as we were discussing before, I want that was one thing I wanted to mention that, you know, you sent me some links to some of the videos that that you were doing at the time, you know, around that sort of era – and mate, the quality that you guys had put out at that point in time was spectacular. Like even to, to the point where, like, you look at it now, like you're watching it now, like it's still very good quality. Like it's right up there. Absolutely. And, that was, and so you, you could imagine back then the quality of those films would have been innovative itself. Absolutely. And that's uh, Russell Brothers films. They didn't. They were just a couple of young kids at the were time. They really? Yeah, yeah. And they were. We'd ride at their place in Windsor. They had a, well, was a friend of theirs compound. We'd ride at sort of thing. Yeah, and sure. They were just into their film and loved it. And yeah. a couple of good young kids. And we had some great photographers with us as well, Grant Cross Photography, among others. And they were getting banging shots all the time. And we'd be putting them up in the forums. And, yeah. And I was like, oh, these. And we had a little group we called ourselves RFDMX. And it was sort of supposed to be a piss take of Metal Militia and shit. Oh, like yeah. That. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but it sort of grew and grew as well at the same time. So we called our comp series the RFDMX Underground Tour because it was oh, underground. Cool. It yeah. wasn't. You know, getting the traction like Nitro or anything like that. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. it was the thing that you guys collectively had done yourselves that you wanted to do. Exactly. And another thing we were seeing, there's so much talent out there, so many really good riders and nowhere they can really showcase it. Like um, yes, the yeah. comps were ordinary. Um, yeah. Pro class and amateur class at the time. Amateur class made you ride 65 foot. So most of us just rode pro class anyway because no uh, one wants to ride. The, yeah. the whole sport's made around 75 foot ramp jumps on a 252 stroke. So yeah. And that's what we were riding on. So we didn't want to ride the smaller jumps and all the rest of it. But there was so much talent out there. And all the magazines and the media, I guess, at the time were just focusing on crusties and nitro, crusties and nitro. That's yeah, it. okay. Like, yeah, sure. There's so much talent out here. Let's do this. And yeah. we can do it safer and we can do it better. And that first year was a big success, I think, with the videos, um, with the photos that came out, all the positive feedback from the riders and everything like that. Yeah. Like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. We could, you know, keep progressing this sort of thing. And Yeah. So I was back on the bike in 08, which was really cool, and um, but really wanted to work on the comp and really wanted to make that better. So it took another step, and we got more sponsors on board. Freerider Magazine came on board. We were Did they really? really? keen to cover it. Yeah, That's absolutely. Cool. So it um, progressed from there, and it kept growing sort of thing. And as, as our riding did as well, I think I probably had my best year riding in 2008. Like that was yep. a really good year for me on the bike. Um, Freerider Magazine did a thing at the time. As I said earlier, I was pretty chuffed to get, oh, you know, top 10 amateur of the year. That's mad. They yeah. also did uh, top 20, like, outright pros, amateurs, everyone together. And I made the top 20 list in 20th place. I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. This is, this is yeah, like, that's awesome, bro. So it was a, yeah. it was a really cracking year for me, riding-wise sort of thing. Like, yeah, of course. Um, especially the rider I was, I still am, I guess, is I was, uh, how do you say it? I was never going to be, like, I want to be the best. I'm going to be the yeah. best that's ever been. You know what I mean? Like yep. you hear stories of really great athletes who've won everything and they've got this whole thing. They hate losing more than they like winning. Yes, They're just that's obsessed right. with it. Yeah. That was never me. I just really loved riding and I was like, I want to be good. Yeah. But yep. I don't have to be the best. I just Yeah, you you're good. just yeah. you're just stoked to be involved in the whole thing. Like you just being a part of it, the passion, the the riding culture, everything. You just got to be a part of that whole thing and just being a part of that is what made it awesome for you like it didn't matter if you got first or you got 
intense. Hundred like, percent. Just you, as long as you were a part of it, you that's all that you care. Hundred percent. Yeah. And just riding my bike and yeah, like you said, being part of it, mate. Yeah. It, it was oh, this, mate, that's mad. It was that's this the best growing part. whole new thing, and I was yeah, part of, course. of it. Like, this is I, cool. I think that's what keeps it. That's what keeps <laughs> it a passion thing too. I think if people are too wound up in the fact of having to be number one. Like I can understand to some point why people want to do it, but it takes away the point of enjoying everything that you've been building up for. Like, like enjoy that moment. Like how, how, how rare it is for someone to even be in that position to be able to do that stuff and, and enjoy it and love it. That's the uh, that's I just think it's mad like that. 100%. I like that part, and then and you, and yeah, to your point, mate. You see it here locally racing, and I don't know whether it's some of it's self driven. They just want to be the best. They don't care about riding the dirt bike. No, that's there's it. There's some part of their brain that says, "Oh, this was fun as a kid. I'll keep doing it." That's right. And then I don't know. There's others that are pushed by their parents, sort of thing. And yes, yes, yeah. it's not a good place to be. But yeah, like you said, for me, it was always I just love being here. I'm going to be good. I'm going to work hard to make sure I'm good at what I'm doing. But yeah. I don't have to be the best. No, but, but I mean, <laughs> like, just, yeah, it does. I think it's more important to enjoy what you're doing. I think if you're sitting there chasing one specific goal, specific goal, and it's taking away the fact of you, what got you involved in it in the first place, enjoying it, that's not really what it's about. I think, you know. And that's, uh, well, there is some people in freestyle that really push hard. And, like, oh, I can't, and respect to them for that. 100%. But respect a lot of it. Um, as long as, and that's what I sort of built my reputation on. I had the tricks I could do. I could do them well. I could do them at the drop yep. of a hat, yep. which was perfect for guys wanting yep. guys to do shows. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. The guys yeah. doing shows, they're not busting their gnarliest tricks. Yeah. No bloody way. But you could get a guy that's done it and can jump and lean on a dime every time and it's not going to be a headache and yep. speaks well and does all that. Then boom, you're set, mate. You're and then you got the people who were enthusiasts and sitting back and watching it and are envious of the person being in that position in the first place and seeing those shows and seeing people do that stuff, just like, whoa. 100%. You know, so to, they, the, it, to the crowd watching, you yeah, know, of course. A, a double grab Indian air looks the same as a heart attack. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but it looks gnarly in the <laughs> Exactly it right. It looks yeah. mad to them anyway. They're like sitting there trying to comprehend how the fuck you did it. <laughs> So you know that that's pretty cool in itself. So so that was your best year was about two thousand eight. Two thousand eight riding, I think, was my best year. And from that, um, what happened on the forums again? It was kicking mm-hmm. off. This show was going to be kicking off, and um, sorry, in Europe they were getting a group of riders together, and it's going to be a two year contract, and yeah. all the rest of it. I was like, oh yeah, put me hat in the ring here, sort of thing, and see what we can do. Still in the army at the time. Yeah, sure. And then um, yeah, just you know, kept back and forth, back and forth with the guys in Europe. And excuse me, they uh, they picked a handful of us, and I was one of them. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. And they're like, yeah. so what's the go? What happens? Well, you got to come to Europe and do an audition, sort of thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, how am I going to get to Europe? And they're like, no, no, we pay for all that. We'll give you wow. bike. We yeah, we'll wow. pay for everything. Bring us all over. So I think there was about fifteen of us all up, and there was about oh, five of us Aussies, bunch of Yanks, some Euro guys, and yeah. stuff like that. And we all went over there to do the audition over in Europe. And I was like, this is this is freaking awesome. Man. That's like, unreal. You even got to travel overseas. Yeah. So. It was an eye at that stage, way further than I've ever thought a dirt bike could ever yeah. take me, sort yep. of thing. So it, it was cool. Went over there and we were training and riding with all the Euro guys, sort of thing, and they'd have the practice um, X fighters compounds and stuff like that. And it was, yeah. it, it was cool. And um, we were performing for the client, sort of thing, who was hiring us for this to do this contract and the show. And they were taking us out because they're like, we know they're going to get on the source and be dickhead sort of thing, but we want to see if they can back it up sort of yeah, thing. They okay. have to be able to ride the next day. And we didn't yeah. know this at the time. And Jimmy Verberg, the guy who runs the scene over there, FMX Forever, he took us all out and had a fat old time in, in Belgium. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a really good time. Anyway, we um come home and I'm, I mean, the next morning I remember getting woken up to bashing on my door. And I'm like, what the hell? Virtue's like, we got to go, mate. we got the shows on. So we gotta, we got to perform for the client. like, Oh, this isn't gonna be well. <laughs> I remember crawling into the shower. I'm like, this is not good. This is not good at all. <laughs> and we get out there, and they had the the truck and everything set up. It was all indoors, which was pretty cool. And That's they mad. had the guys that were gonna be hiring us and all out there. I'm fully secondhand at this stage, mate. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just hit the jump, and I hit the jump. And I remember being in the air. I'm just like, any other time, if I wasn't still as scattered as I was, I would yeah. have been panicking. And I was like, but I'm in the air, just laughing, just going, oh. You're coming so short. <laughs> You're going to land on top of the truck. This oh, isn't good. No. And lucky the trucks have a safety deck on them, sort of thing, for such a thing. But I, I 
full deck the safety deck and then bounce the flat ground road out of it and everything like that but wow. i just remember being in the air just not scared or anything just laughing on. there's no one that you're gonna you're hit so it. screwed bro <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. but then pulled myself together after that and road lot you know how sort of thing yeah like, yeah of yeah, course it wasn't the first time we'd had a ride after a bender or done shows after a bender not your sort first of rodeo and then um after that, they he told us what the whole get go was. Yeah, we took you out to get you as hammered as we could to see if you could back it up the next day. I was really, like, you assholes! Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That was a bit of a challenge for them. Yeah, it was <laughs> to so see how you'd hold up. We, so we finished up that um, audition, so to speak. And yeah, we, oh, good story. When we were leaving there, and um, we'd had another good night after that, as you do. And um, we we're in the taxi taking us to the airport from where we were staying in Belgium, and like. Birchie's not here. Brad Birchie rides, well, it used to be Showtime Yamaha. He's now bought that out himself as airtime oh, sort of thing. So okay, he was wow. over there with us. And yeah. He's a really good friend of mine and like, we've got to go. Otherwise, we're all going to miss our flight. Like he'd hooked up with some chick. Like, oh, <laughs> we're going to miss. Anyway, we're just leaving the taxi. This other taxi pulls up and Birchie hops out. Oh, he's no. like, no. Where are you blokes going? Fucking Australia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, run to his room, get all his stuff and... Anyway, yeah, so we come back and so it was sort of the waiting game then to see. There was only, oh, I think there was seven, must have been seven positions, I think, for the job all up. Yeah, sure. There must have been about 15 of us or so trying out. Yeah, sure. <coughs> so it was a waiting game back home and um, sure enough, got the emails like, yep, you've been selected. Wow, was cool, like, bro. I was not, like I said before, not one of the, there was way better riders there than me in my mind, but I treated it like a job, I think, because we had... Yep interviews and everything like that with the clients who were going to be hiring us and all the guys were, you know, just running the baggy shorts and the metal yeah, militia sure. shirts and stuff and caps backwards sort of thing. I was like, no, no, I had me button up Yamaha worst shirt on. And oh, nice, yeah. I had a proper resume printed out and handed them to them and stuff yeah. like that. And talking to them later when we went back, I got the gig and went over there. They're like, yeah, that's, you showed your professionalism and stuff yeah. like that, that you've yeah. got the job. Like, that's good, thing. mate. You can ride good enough to do the shows. We don't need guys killing it. Like That's you know. exactly right. You just, you just need guys that that the general public are going to be going, wow. Like it doesn't take much to do that. Like you can, you can do some gnarly tricks. Like I was watching some of those videos that you're doing. Like it was some sick stuff from a person <laughs> who's a novice. Like, you know, like I don't mind watching it, all that sort of stuff. To me, that's fucking unreal. <laughs> so, it was, so yeah, it was, it was cool. And um, yeah, so we got to go back to Europe sort of thing. And How long was, did you do in Europe? So I was only ended up, the contract was for two years and we were going to go to Macau from there. So we we're going to do all the training over in Belgium. Yeah. And then the show itself was two year contract in Macau. Oh, wow. As part of this whole um, circus show thing. Yeah. Over, it was pretty cool. So we were doing all the training over in Europe. So I was over there just under three months sort of thing. And we were mm-hmm. doing all the training and doing that. And in that time, so I, that was I finally out of the army. Got yes. my dream job. I'm riding yeah, that bike for a living. How like, mad's that? It was cool. Like, and you know, it was decent. I've still got the contract at home. It's like something I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, of course. Like, eighty-eight grand, I think, US a year as a non-flipper sort of thing. So I was like, wow, that's like, mad. At, yeah, in two thousand nine, cool. that was good yeah, money. Yeah, that's like, bloody unreal money. So I was like, awesome, getting to travel, getting to ride yeah. my dirt bike. This is dream come true stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? This and is then, awesome. So we're doing the training and we're riding every day, and then we're doing the gym work, and we're doing it's it's full on. We're we're doing it. We're all in. And it's sort of, it feels weird when I tell this story because it's like, oh, you don't realise what you had. And it's like, no, I do realise, but other people who haven't been there, if you've never had your passion become your job, yes, you don't realise how much it diminishes you, it. it and makes you not enjoy it. Yeah. It's like yeah. It, it was our job and our show practice wasn't go ride with your mates and enjoy it or even a, in a comp run, you're doing whatever tricks you want and putting on a show in a comp this was you do this trick on this jump at this time in a sequence with this person. We do this and it was practiced over and over and over again. And then come the weekends when we went riding and had time to ourselves, I didn't want to look at a dirt bike magazine. I didn't want yeah. to have anything to do with it. We'd yeah. just go party okay. or whatever. It was, like, yeah. it was It really did become a job. And then in the middle of that, I also broke my wrist. And I was, by that stage, I was like, "You're getting over it." You're oh, like, no, oh, I've had enough of this. Yeah, this is. So we went home. We all, we're all scheduled to go home anyway sort of thing before the next um, part of it started. Yeah. Come home and had a little soul searching, I guess you could say, sort of thing. Like, yep. is, um, yep. do I really want to do this anymore? I still had busted wrist, three pins in it and stuff. I had to yep. see doctors and all this sort of stuff. And I was doing some couch surfing at the time, like not really knowing where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do, if I yep. wanted to go back or not. And they called me back. They called me and was like, yep, you're ready to come back. And at that point, that's when I pulled the pin. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not coming back. Nah, in my mind, and I'm I'm happy with my decision now. Like yeah. I, I think it made it right. I, I in my head, I'd rather work for a job and enjoy riding my bike. Sort of yeah, thing, you know what I mean. Man, that, uh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, look, I, there is those 
there is that question that say that don't turn your passion into a job because if you do turn your passion into a job then you then the passion becomes work and you don't it's not the same and i mean i understand that completely yeah it's sort of i understand that and it did i i, I wasn't interested at all i mean, i came home i did that i said no to going back and went yeah. back up to the back home here to rocky worked on the property a bit for the thing and yeah worse was awesome worse was like sweet you're home here's another yz250 oh, you know cool. how about it sort of thing i'm like oh this is cool but that bike i remember sat on the veranda at yeah. the olds i didn't even start the bloody thing it just yeah. sat there i was like, not even interested yeah and yeah so i took end up coming i moved back down to gold coast because that's where all the boys were living at the time i was like right, yeah. i got a job down there went back down there i was like do some riding and stuff like that but it wasn't just wasn't passionate about it sort of thing yeah and then um it's at that time my mate apsy from darwin who had been oh, yeah. forever yeah. he he was living there too and he just bought a ski boat he was really into skiing ah, when okay, he was a kid cool. and stuff like that so yeah he was like oh, i'm gonna buy a ski boat I'm like, oh, i'll come out with you and drink some beers and have some fun or whatever and yeah we got wakeboards and stuff and it's like this is this is actually pretty fun you know what i mean like i don't mind this this is pretty cool so sort of it re-sparked a passion of doing that sort of thing like it wasn't the same as dirt bikes but no but like a bit of an adrenaline rush a bit of an extreme sport and a bit of a challenge as well challenge, you know what I mean? yeah. like so that was really cool and i was starting to get into that more and then still riding a bit but not much passionate sort of thing and then i just up the road in logan was a cable ski park and i'd never heard of a cable ski park before and this thing yeah. like, oh we should go check it out like, yeah all right Go up there and look at this thing. It's like a skate park on water. Is the best way to describe mine. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think we're good enough for this sort of thing. Yeah. But then we went and checked it out and had to, and started learning how to do it. And it's like, oh, and there's like they're really family friendly and awesome yeah. sort of thing. And you don't need to do the obstacles or anything. You can just ride around. And so you build up and the, uh, it really kicked off a, that spark again of something new. And I was off, I was all in. That's it. <laughs> After work, I'd be grabbing the board and driving up to Logan and I'd just be hitting the water. Eh? It was awesome. Yeah, it was mad. I, uh, there was that video that you sent through the one, I must've been right around your turn, turn 30 or something. There yeah, was that one where you do, you do the cable, the cable, uh, weightboarding and then you did the bit of motocross in between the two. And like, oh, you got pretty bloody good at the weightboarding too, mate, on that cable weight, that there was that big massive rail there that you sort of ran up to it, ran across then down and switched it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks sick. Do the flippies and the spinnies yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot of fun and yeah, it, it re-sparked that passion. And I was still riding at the time, but just started finding fun in riding track again sort of yeah. thing. I, I wasn't yeah. interested in freestyle. By that point, yep. like I said, I was turning 30 or nearly 30 at that stage yeah. thing, and the ship had sailed there and what was I going to do? Like I'd already reached the peak of what I could ever achieve and it was like... And it was a big peak, man. Like even and like being a forefront of that whole sort of FMX scene down that way, well, Australia, and then to get that contract to go overseas as well. Like that's some, that's some, that's some big stuff, bro. Like, it was pretty cool. Like I said, it was further than I ever... I didn't ever dream of going because like yeah. that's not going to happen. I'm just yeah. riding my bike. But, but yeah. I can completely understand your point of view and, and what you said about how um, that passion, because that's what we we're talking about before. Like you know, you it was the reason why you got you there was for the love of it. 100%, you enjoyed mate. it absolutely. It wasn't it wasn't the fact that you were working. It was the fact that you just loved what you were doing. Absolutely. And then for it to swing that 180 and go to that work lifestyle type thing, it's just. Yeah, I, I completely I completely understand what you're saying there. So, yeah, it was to come back and be on the Gold Coast and I just yeah. picked up a job driving trucks for Penrite Oil. It was cruisy as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so it was just a job and then, yeah, I started to find the love for dirt bikes again by mm. riding track and stuff. Like, oh, getting back to racing motocross. Nothing yeah. big, just the odd race here and there. So yeah. in Clubman's like, cool, cool. And doing the wakeboard, man, just flat out, flat out. And then so the family that owned the cable ski park in Logan there um, – their daughter is now my wife. So oh, really? Oh, wow. I, met, I met her oh, there. Cool. Sort of thing, and so that's awesome. Kept pushing myself there. Sort of thing. It's like, oh, well, if you've got, you know, the girl you're dating has two brothers are both pro wakeboarders, you better get half decent. <laughs> sort of or you're never going you to big shoes to fill. Come Christmas dinner, you're never going to hear the end of it, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, she was, a, and she still is a massive, you know, you know steers me in the right direction and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. um, I knew, you know, when we got together, she was a single mum with a young bub and Katie that. Yeah, so we've been together since Katie was one sort of thing. And I yeah, knew it was a big ask because um, she was also looking after her little sister a lot at the time. Like okay. her family was busy running the business. So yep. Chrissy essentially ran the um, – looked after Katie, her daughter, and Pippa as well. So I was like, yeah, well, sure. if you're going to do this, you don't really muck around sort of thing. You no, it's fair and, yeah, yeah, so yeah, definitely. It, it was awesome and uh, still is. So, yeah, had a little family then at that stage sort of thing. So yep. I was like, 
Oh, well. Beautiful. Things are getting real. I got married in 2014, I think it was. Yeah, 2014. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. And um, that's when stuff started getting real. It's like, oh, Gold Coast is fun and all. Like, we're having a good old fat yeah. time down here, but got a little family and we wanted to have another kid and stuff. I'm like, I don't really want to raise a family on the Gold Coast sort yeah. of thing. So that's fair enough. Hit up my parents and they, the stockman they had working from at the time, he had just left sort of thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, come and work up here. If yeah. you want. I was like, absolutely perfect. This sounds great. You know, can give the kids up going on a farm and stuff like that. And yeah, it was awesome. So up we moved and young Pippa, she came with us sort of thing. Oh, like did she? Cool. Sister, so she came with us and yeah, sort of came up this way again. Did um, your concept of what you were doing change as well with the fact of being involved as being, you know, a father, um, a husband, um, you know, that you're that potentially everything that you're doing is quite out there and <laughs> extreme and there is a potential for you know, a certain injury you know, and even death. 100% mate. It, it all sort of, yeah, comes back around and you set your priorities straight yes. pretty quick from then sort of thing. Like it's, uh, it's a way better place to raise a family, better jobs. You know, I was just driving a trucker in the Gold Coast just so I could, you know, ride my wakeboard and ride my dirt bike, like hanging yeah. with my mates. It was like, nah, you're going to, you know, be serious about this. The kids involved now, you be serious sort of thing. Yeah, so of course. That's when we moved up here and, yeah. Yeah, not to deter people from doing anything No, fun. No, 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 it just, no. <laughs> like, it just, I was just asking more of a point, like if you if you, if that sort of thoughts came into your mind, like, you know. Uh, 100%, mate. Yeah, because like, you know, like I grew up doing, uh, you know, riding motocross, skateboarding, BMX, did all the bits and pieces, even through, you know, getting married and having kids and stuff. But, you know, there was certain, I only took it to a certain point because I was a bit worried that if I sort of went beyond those points that there's a chance that I could severely injure myself <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to work and provide an income for my family and, you know, all those sort of things. You it's know. But, definitely there, yeah. But prior to that, I didn't give a shit. I was just going, <laughs> it's going, 100%. going ham. Yeah, you know? that's exactly right. Bones heel um, and chicks dig scars or whatever yeah. the saying is. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So, like, you know, these days now, like, do you still, you know... Because like you you moved back to Rocky, but you do you, you still had like at that point you still had some involvement in it. like you were having hundred percent comps and everything come this way and you yeah, had, so, so you still were actively involved in a lot of stuff. Yeah, backtracking a bit to the comps sort of thing. So two thousand nine when I went overseas, my good mate Joe Shepherd, he took over the comp and he ran it sort of thing. Yeah. So that was really awesome. That was also the first year that the comp was really starting to blow up by now. Yeah. And sure. we got a big sponsor on board in Conoco Phillips and they do like offshore gas plants and all this sort oh, of stuff. Oh, wow, okay, And yeah. that was a connection Joe had through Darwin, but the short of it is they wanted to take the final round of the comp series to East Timor. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, right, and they're like, they'll pay for all the bikes to get there and everything like that. And it's like, so that'll happen. Joe organized all that where I was away and I'll come home in time to go over for that one. So that was pretty cool to go That's hang out. Cool. And take a bit of a burden off Joe who'd been running it and pulling his hair out all year. Sort of thing, <laughs> so he could just concentrate on the riding. Yeah. And So that was cool. That was a big step for it. And then in 2010, yeah, I ran it again and, it was it was the same sort of thing, but excuse me. It was sort of um, we we're sort of hitting a wall, I yeah. guess you could say. Like we were, we were the guys were doing some amazing tricks, and Freerider was covering it, but they weren't sort of getting the love they deserved, and we weren't yeah, sure. pulling on the sponsors we really need to make it keep growing. Yeah, it sort of hit a wall, and we'd sort of bashing our head against the wall, sort of thing. How do we get this to grow big? This is mm. clearly the biggest comp in the country. Like there is yeah. no nothing else really at this stage, and then. So that's when uh, Gobber O'Brien from Freerider Magazine, like he'd been on and off editor of Freerider Magazine and he'd been like a pioneer of the sport as far as being in the background of the sport the whole time. Yeah. And he'd been a judge over at X Fighters and all that sort of stuff oh, overseas. Cool. So he brought a lot of experience and he could see what we were doing and he he jumped on board to like give us, steer us in the right direction yeah. and connect us with the right people and that's when Red Bull came on board and that's when Unit massively came on board sort of thing. That's and cool. Freerider were all in at that stage and other new sponsors, Jet Pilot came on board. And it really blew up in 2011. So yeah, that was really cool. And that's when we started. Because before then, it was we sort of purposely kept it for the underground guys, the more yes. guys that weren't getting the love in the crusties and the yeah. nitros. So we thought oh, they're really keen to get on board. So we don't want to lose that. We want to keep. You wanted to keep that authenticity about it. <laughs> and giving the guys a platform. But yeah. we wanted to allow these new guys to ride as well. So that's we sort of grew two classes within it. Sort of We made the underground championship and the Australian championship. And then... Over the next few years, it really blew up, and I think by the last rant, last year of it in 2013, we had really fifty thousand dollars or whatever coming through, sponsors wise, and all, all the whole time, the whole series never took a cent ourselves. Never. Yeah, yeah. It, every money went back to the riders. So back to the riders. That's it, cool. We were 
paying a good purse and paying like all the way back to 12th place and good money. Wow, and that's that, cool that you guys were doing all that sort of stuff. 100%. And that's bringing it back to Rocky. That's where we connected with the guys up here who were building that um, project FMX out at uh, Alligator Creek there and stuff. Yeah. And they were keen to host it. So we got on board with those guys. And it, it, was, it was really cool to like, oh, you know, this comp scene – I've been building down south. Yeah. Got to bring it home for a, you know, I think we did two years here in Rocky sort of yeah. thing. And we did a couple in Mackay as well, but to bring it to the local region sort of thing, it was really cool. And the- I think that was really pinnacle, mate. Like I showed Hayden, my son, um, the video clip of the one where you were in Rocky, you did a round in Rocky. And like he, the first thing he was like, oh man, like you guys have got Red Bull stuff set up there, the tents, the big blow up things, you know, jet pilot unit, all that, like, because, like, he understood that sort of era as well. And he's going, that's, like, it was, it's huge. It, it would have been massive, mate. Like, it, it blew up really good. Yeah. And, and it's sort of in the right way. I think it, it grew naturally. Sort yeah. Of thing. It did organically. It, yeah. It didn't, we didn't do one year, two years, then it exploded and then fizzled out. It sort of, yeah. it grew. And um, having the right people behind it, like, uh, I'll, I'll butcher names and forget names by trying to mention yeah, them all. Yeah, of but course, it, yeah. it was amazing, all the help yeah. and support we got. It was, and really grew it to what it was. And then, so that was, yeah, 2013 was the, I decided to step away at 2013. Yeah, sure. And that's about the same time I was with Chrissy and little family. Yeah, of like, course. It took up so much of my time and not in a bad way, I enjoyed it, but it was stressful. And like, come the actual comp day, that was the easy part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like running yeah. it on the day, nah, it's, it's all the lead up work and the emailing sponsors back and forth and getting everything organized and ready and meeting this person. This person doesn't have their insurance ready. You've got to chase up insurance. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like everything, yeah. man. That, the paperwork behind it. And yeah, it was hectic. So it was like I decided it was in a healthy place in 2013. You know, yep. We had all the right people behind us, right sponsors, everything. I'm like, okay, I can step away at a good time and yep. leave it in a safe yeah, place. Yeah, of course. With, yep, definitely. Had, a, had a, got one of the guys, one of the, you know, was keen to take the reins sort of thing. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, fresh some fresh air behind it'd be good too, sort yep. of thing. And unfortunately, it all unraveled from there, sort of thing. It didn't. Uh, he hit some hard walls himself. That's that same year, twenty fourteen. That's when Unit went bankrupt for the first time. Yeah, that's when um, Free Rider magazine went out of print and everything. All that print yeah. media was dead, sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. So and it sort of all just sort of fell apart from there. And it's like it's sad to see it go the way it went. Sort yeah, of thing. it was. But I mean, look, you know, that stuff unfortunately was a little bit out of your own. But was a bit out of your own control. Like yeah. there's not much you could really do about that, especially when one of the sponsors went bankrupt and then you had one of the, you know, the leading motocross magazines go out of print. And then you're right, it was that sort of era there where it all sort of fizzled out from that. Um, you know, so those things are a bit out of your control, but like at least you can hold to, to your, you know, your personal resume that you had this, yeah, dude. iconic moment where you had one could all... say I stepped away at the right time. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> but, but, no, but look, you know, it sounds like inevitably that was what was going to happen. 100%, um, yeah. But and that and that was out of your control. There's nothing that you guys could have done about that. But like to just at least you can say that you that most pinnacle moment there. Like and that that really that in itself is an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, just to know that that did happen at some point. It feels cool. Like. Um looking back over the videos and stuff like that and you get it's the boys cool will bloody send you a message on Insta or whatever. Oh, I was watching that last night. I remember that. That was sick. <laughs> like, oh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it was crazy to think, like I said to you earlier, that you know when you sent me those photo, uh, videos for my reference to have a look before our conversation, it was amazing to think that those videos, is, you know, some of them are like 10, 11 years old. Like, Where's yeah. the time go? Like, oh, it's, it's crazy. Jeez, it makes you feel old, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was sitting there going, holy shit, you know. But um, credit to you is, you know, like does that – so what? what is that sort of scene now with – do you – do you? what do you do these days, mate? Like now, like in the in 2023, you know, these years, like do you – do you have any involvement with any of that stuff anymore, mate? Do you still ride at all? Do you sort of are you away from that stuff now? Like, what do you what, so, what do you do? So yeah, when I stepped away from the comp in 2013, and like I said, thought I was leaving it in good hands, it didn't work out. But I was enjoying at the time being in the background of FMX. I was still yeah. passionate about the sport. Yeah, of course. We yeah, just definitely. Put so much time into it, sort of thing. But stepping away and moving up here and, and the young family and stuff like that, that sort of takes more of your passion and your time sort of thing. So yeah, it becomes your yep, passion. Then went into it? that. But when I moved up here, I still, I was like, okay, like I was still enjoying riding track and stuff like that. I was like, still got a few goals. I wouldn't mind ticking off coming up here sort of thing on the yeah. local racing sort of thing. Like, you know, I was never going to be one of the top guys or whatever. That ship had long sailed. I was like, it'd be cool to tick off some goals 
here locally because when I left here, I was a last place bloody clubman guy getting my ass whooped left, right, and centre doing hip yeah. flickers over the biggest table. Top of the <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. So I was like, nah. I mean, I'm a vet rider now, sort of thing. I was like, yeah. I want, I'd love to, you know, see how far. And that's when I met Hutto and stuff, and he was doing his coaching and stuff. Yeah, like okay, so cool. I want to get better at racing motocross, sort of thing. So worked pretty hard at that and did all right locally, like, um, you know, and it's no big accomplishment or anything. But to me, it was to come back and to win the Yapoon. Uh, Vets Motocross title in 2017, uh, Rocky in 2018, and Yapoon again in 2019. Nice. Vets, and you look at the names of those trophies, and there's some pretty big hitters from, you know, like Cole Williams and stuff. Yeah. Big hitters from the local area that have yep. got their name on those trophies as well. I was like, yeah, okay. like Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. You know, I could. Shout out to Cole. I haven't seen him in years, actually. Nah, myself either, but it was cool battling with him because when I left here, he was one of the guys. I'm like, coming back and battling in vets and we'd have a good laugh and a beer afterwards and stuff. It was really cool, yeah. I'd like to reach out and see what he's doing these days. I used to see him back in the day, cruise around. Did he have a WRX or something back in the day? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure his young fella's really good at golf these days. Is he? So yeah, oh, well, that's yeah, so cool. Pretty cool, but yeah, yeah. Awesome family and awesome people. And I find that was the cool thing too, coming back up here and getting more into the racing because um, been with Chrissy. Chrissy had been around wakeboarding a whole life. Yes. Yeah. Kind of the same rat bags you find in FMX or BMX or skate. I'm sure it's exactly the same. Yeah, of course, but, definitely. Yeah. But and she's like, oh, you know, it's all, you know, tits out and fireworks and all this. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Motocross racing at the club level is not that. It's an yeah. awesome family sport. And yeah. to bring her to the club racing and stuff like that and for her to see who's never had anything to do with motocross, yeah. but to see, oh, no, this is a really good family sport. And I, I 100% stand by that it is like – the families that are involved at the local level in motocross is yeah. they're unreal people and you just yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's what it seems like to me. Like from what the way I was looking at it, it is like a very family orientated thing. Um, you know what I was hearing from Hutto and that too with the with the coaching and everything. You know, with the kids' involvement in it because you know that's where they're learning to ride is and where they're learning to race is through all those sort of things. So you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of family orientated things through it and um yeah, it looks like a really cool thing to be involved in anyway, mate. Like um. 100%. It's, um, like I said, really good family sport and coming up here and ticking my own goals. But at the same time, like I said, Pippa was with us sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, to me personally, she was more like a daughter than a sister-in-law sort of thing. And yeah. she was learning to ride as well sort of thing. So she That's was cool. doing the racing. And so I got to do that side of it as well, like teaching her riding. Yeah, you get and to pass on the experience. As, as she got better and better. And I think her best year, last year racing, she did... I think she got 13th in Aussies and she got the number six plate for Queensland. Sort of wow, the so congratulations like, to it, her. It was really awesome, you know what I mean, to get yeah. to do that with her and yeah, you know, be spend a part some of good that. time together sort of thing. Like. That's amazing. But you know what also, it's cool that you um, still went out and did the vet thing for your own like, personal achievements and accomplishments and it's a cool thing to have something to focus on to, to achieve um, for a goal to set um, and to do and to keep that passion alive as well. I think that's mad. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, was, bloody hell. It was, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, so it was cool doing that. And then I sort of, uh, must have been 29, yeah, end of 2019, I just wrapped up the Poon um, Vets title sort of thing. And then I busted my shoulder really bad again. Oh, did you? And sort of, ah, so, and at that point I'm like, I can't be doing it. You know, I had to finish up working for the old boy because he couldn't keep us on with not doing anything. And yeah, of course. Kind of put us in a bit of strife really funny. I'm like, oh, I can't be doing this, you know. It, yeah. It's a bit silly sort of thing. And anyway, I ended up um, come good sort of thing and got a job working at the mines with Bredo at CIS and stuff like that. They oh, gave yeah. us a go out there. So still doing that today. So Nice. But that was pretty cool. And I was sort of, I was sort of done with it by then, you know what yeah. I mean? I was yeah. done. And then at that point, our little boy, Harry, so he was he was in the background the whole time. So yeah. then, you know, a little bub and growing up. I think he was one week old the first time we took him to a motocross track across. <laughs> but um, so he was, he'd had a peewee by this stage sort of thing and riding yeah. at home sort of thing. He's like, all right, we'll do the demo dad thing, do the Divi one dad thing, you know, the straw hat and the work boots and chasing the kid on the peewee around the track. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, of course. So that was really cool. And then um, Chrissy, she was talking to me sort of thing like, why don't you get a bike again? I was like, oh, you know, it's a bit irresponsible sort of thing. She's like, it is, but it's your passion. And you're never going to get this chance again to ride with your son at this age. That's a very good point. This. Very good point. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Like this, I'm going to look back and go, oh, why didn't I have a bike and be riding with yeah. my kid? You know. Yeah. And so yeah, bought a bike again, and it's sort of when you haven't ridden in ages and you put on about 20 kilos, you shouldn't have sort of thing. <laughs> it's sort of like you learn to swallow your pride a bit, sort yeah, of thing. And it's just like I'm not here for that anymore. No, I just want to ride and be you there with my son and creating those memories and those 100 uh, you know and and memories for him too absolutely you know, he'll he'll cherish those forever 
you know, and it's and like yeah, it's putting it's putting that fire to bed and just enjoying the experience with your son. Exactly right, mate, yeah. and, and that's where we're at at the moment. So yeah, still do a few club days and stuff like that, and um, that's where um, it's actually come in helping Hutto with the little shredders program. Oh, cool, and his coaching, and that's little, you know, it's it's lit that passion again, but in a different way as like yeah. coaching the kids and seeing them progress, and it's. It's unreal, mate. You, you do the end of these six-week program and you've got a kid that could barely get around the track. Now they're doing the jumps and stuff. That's unreal. It, and that, you know, that I really enjoy that, you know what I mean? And it, for Hutto to give us that opportunity, I really appreciate it. And it's, yeah, that's it's really cool. And Yeah, no, shout out to him. It, mate, it was such a cool idea hearing what he was talking, how he explained, um, yeah, the, the, the coaching aspect behind it. Because like anything, mate, like if you want to do something cool, like, and, and like do something and you want to learn how to do it properly, like what – What's a better way than getting coached how to do it properly? Like, 100%. And, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there, as I'm sure there's with footy and cricket, yeah. and, and, you know, there's a lot of doctors and mechanics and stuff out there, and not all of them are as good as each other. Yeah, of. that's so a good point, too. If you can find a good coach, and I'm, I love taking Harry to Hutto schools and stuff yeah. like that. And so, how, how old's Harry now? He's eight now. So eight now. Yeah, he's, yeah, just, so he's right in the thick of it. Well, yeah, he's just uh, <laughs> just got his first 65. So oh, really? We're wow. going through the whole cool. clutch and gears thing at the moment. Oh, so, true. But he's doing well. He's a little champion and loving yeah? it. So, oh, good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's awesome. And as going back to what I said before, it's a good um, atmosphere for the kids to grow up in. Like, of course it is. All the other kids are great kids from great families and stuff yep. like that. And, you know, all the work that the um, clubs here. We're in a really unique position, I think, here in Rocky. And we've got a lot of mates down south. They come up and go, you've got it unreal up here racing. Yeah. A lot of guys whinge about it up here. But it's like we've got two great clubs that put on great events within spitting distance of each other. Yeah. And it's so fortunate. You live down in Brisbane or something like that. You've got to travel bloody an hour or two hours to, just to get to a race meet, you know. That's I mean? exactly like, right. I think it's more of a case of being – I think um, people <laughs> get a little bit spoilt around here with, with how easy they really do have it. Yeah, 100%. And it's not until you sort of go outside of the CQ region and you go and have a look at for what some of the other people have to go through for similar experiences that you get up here. I think I'm fortunate with that as well, having, you know, a lot of mates up here and, oh, I've lived in Rocky, grew up in yeah. Rocky, I'm going to die in Rocky. It's like, oh, cool, yeah. I probably will too. But I've gone and seen a little bit of the world and yeah. seen how other things That's are. That's exactly and, right. And, you know... A lot of, I remember when I was at school, and I was like, oh, never live in Rocky. Fuck that. <laughs> like, and you come, you see a little bit, and you come back. It's like, that's not such a bad place. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think yeah. that was, all, it's almost like pre grained to everyone that sort of grows up 100%. in Rocky. They're like, man, I'm go, I ain't going to be living in Rocky. And everyone goes away and they come back. But you know what, mate? It's a bloody fantastic place to live. 100%. You mate, know, I yeah. think it's a great place. I Look, I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I was like, that. I'm, like oh, I'm moving out of here when I'm going to grow up. But you know what? I absolutely love it and there's nothing more better than me. I like to promote it every opportunity I get. I think it's a great place for family to uh, for family to be raised. It's easy living, great community aspect here. You've got the beach just down the road. You've got your Poonimi Park. You've got, you know, you've you know, an hour to Gladstone. You're a couple of hours north. You're a couple of hours west. You're right, right in the centre hub of everything. 100%, percent You can jump mate. on a plane and go wherever you want as well. Like, Having been away for a while and coming back, it was cool to see the growth as well sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's, you yeah. go down to your poo now and it's absolutely beautiful, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, beautiful. It's unreal. And what yeah. they've done to the riverfront here and everything, it's yeah. it's – it's really cool to see. So yeah, that, yeah, that's why I came back here to raise yeah. my family. That's where I want to. Oh, be. mate, for <laughs> sure. We're definitely we're definitely spoiled. That's for sure. You know, and uh, it's a cool thing. Um. So yeah. So what? So what is your plans now, mate? What do you? So you got your son sorting out. You know, doing that. Any any anything that you want to looking forward to in the future coming up? Or do you? Th I mean, obviously, motocross is always going to be a part of your life by the by the sounds of it. Um. But uh, is that sort of your focus now? Sort of like uh, has spending those times with your son, the yeah. family time, you know, doing that sort of stuff. I think I think at this point, mate, um, yeah, turning forty-one, I think that's where my priorities are. You know, with yeah, family and you know, we all work hard, sort of thing. So you know, when I work out of town, so the time I do get to come home and be with the family, I yeah. really appreciate, sort of thing. And, yeah, of course. Um, between that and you know the riding and the the coaching and stuff like that, it, it's. I'm enjoying it, man. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, good on you, yeah. mate. That's awesome. And We've got our little um, – we bought you know, 40 acres just out of Rocky at Ridgelands there a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, beautiful. So got a little block that we tinker around on and stuff. Oh, so that's keeps great. me busy, mate. And yeah. Do you do, bit of, do you do a bit of hobby farming type thing or what oh, do you do? Like <laughs> Yeah, mate. We've, we've got four head of cattle. They're all named. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit different from going up on the cattle property. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do any other hobbies or anything yourself or do, is it like, you know, like you – last time you said that – you know, for a little bit there, you did some weightboarding and stuff. And 
Do you do anything different now or do you? Nah, that's about no. it, mate. That's, yeah. that's me just, uh, yeah, work, family and the dirt bike these nice days work. pretty much, mate. Yeah, yeah sort of. The wakeboard had to take a bit of a back burner. It's, not, it's a bit hard to do it up here. Sort of oh, way. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And the old knees don't handle it. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine like anything. Like if you're going at a certain speed and you're doing those things, when you hit the water, you still hit the water hard. Oh, they say water doesn't hurt. I tell you, it does hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, you got any plans for Chrissy? You're just going to be hanging around town? Or? Um, yeah. So we're heading up to Pippa lives in Mackay now. So oh, okay. we're going to head nice. up there and spend Christmas at her place sort of thing. So oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. She's just bought a new place. So it'd be pretty cool to go up there and spend time with her. And she wants to show it all off and all the rest of it. Oh, why not? So, That's yeah. fantastic. So that'll be cool. And other than that, just a couple of weeks off and then back into it again. Oh, good on you, mate. Look, so uh, you would already know this, but for every every guest that comes on the Dead Ass Podcast, mate, we give you a nameplate. <laughs> oh, I heard about this. Yeah, good. So, so you've got your name on one of our nameplates, mate. So there you go. That's, That's red hot, mate. Yeah, a little Thank bit of a gift. No, you're right. A little Cheers, bit of a, no, you're welcome, brother. It's a bit of a gift for you. Uh, for coming on the podcast, you can say you got your own nameplate from a coffin. Um, so yeah, they, they are. I don't know something cool, different. Hopefully, I don't have to use it too soon, mate. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. I always tell them, I said, look, I'm not wishing worst case scenario upon you guys. Look, it's purely purely a gag. But if they ever came that needed it, at least you can say you got one. <laughs> right. so, no, always no. be prepared. Yeah, well, that's it, mate. So no, thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate the time for you to come in and share your story. You know, like, uh, and for me. You know, like I can understand people being a little bit, a little bit daunting, especially when I reach out to people. Like, so I personally reached out to you to come on and share your story. So um, I greatly appreciate the fact that you did let the guard down and come down and have a chat to us, mate. Because you know, like if you got this rant, I would be having my guard up a little bit too if I had some random dude coming to me going, "Hey, man." You want to tell me a bit about your life story? <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> so I pre- like so, so the same thing to anyone. Like if you if you see this random dude preaching out, like yeah, I understand if you if you don't want to. Nah, it's all good, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for having us. No, no, experience. you're welcome. Um, I yeah. listen to enough podcasts, so it's pretty cool to be on one for once. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, and then uh, I guess it's always that daunting task at the start, but then when you finish, you're like, oh shit, that's that was pretty cool. Yeah, not bad. So, be as good. So. Yeah, yeah. be as good. Nice and cold. So, mate, I thank you very much for that. I really appreciate your time mate all the best uh with your endeavors mate and also with you know with with your son and his motocross experience and following in his father's footsteps <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> no, 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 I like that. no good on you well thanks to everyone for listening in and we'll catch you on the next one cheers thanks joe thanks mate hey